America's residential system incentivizes people to act like bigots. Technology offers hope and a few more reasons to worry. U.S. GDP shrank by a whopping 33% in the second quarter of 2020. So almost 30 million Americans reported they'd not had enough to eat during the middle of July. But the stock market is near its all-time high and the home ownership rate made its biggest jump ever, reaching a level not seen since 2008. Things aren't adding up. Meanwhile, President Trump found time to tweet about housing. This is the tweet. I'm happy to inform all of the people living in their suburban lifestyle dream that you will no longer be bothered or financially hurt by having low-income housing built in your neighborhood. So, amid a global pandemic, racial tensions, antitrust hearings, and a diplomatic crisis with China, why is the president so excited about the suburban lifestyle dream? Because suburban housing is key to the behavior of America's middle class. It causes people to do things that they otherwise wouldn't. It causes people to act against their stated values. One's house is a focal point of anxiety, and anxiety is the currency of American politics in 2020. What makes houses so important? So the net worth of most middle-class Americans is heavily dependent on the value of their homes. The home of a family with a net worth of, say, a million dollars constitutes on average about 50% of its net worth. So most homeowners will also have a mortgage, and mortgages make up around two-thirds of all household liabilities. So this type of debt is currently at record levels. Owning a home has been the primary engine of wealth creation in the United States over the past seven years. So historically, the impact of home ownership extended across generations, meaning that if your grandma bought a house in the 1940s, you are today much more likely to be wealthier, healthier, and better educated. Housing has an outsized impact on one's net worth, but that's only the first reason to be anxious about it. In the US, home ownership is also the key to better education for one's children. The quality of public schools varies widely. Access to schools is determined by housing districts, and many districts offer very limited options for renters. As a result, buying a house is one's ticket to the country's best public schools. While America has public, a public education system, each school district is highly reliant on local property taxes. Districts that can afford higher property taxes can finance better schools. As a result, public schools vary widely in terms of resources, quality, and curricula. An investment in a house is often an investment in the education of one's children. So housing is immediately tied to access to quality education. This is the second reason people are anxious about it. There are others. Housing wealth is a key component of retirement income. So 65 million of US households are currently headed by someone who is 50 year old or older. So close to 80% of, of these households, so older households, own their own home. So America does not have a robust safety net for retirees. So those who plan to rely solely on social security benefits are destined to live in poverty with an average payment of less than $1,500 a month, which is less than a third of the average US salary. Even those who have an additional pension are not in great shape. So public retirement systems have over $1 trillion in unfunded liabilities, meaning that they have less money than they promised that they'll pay, uh, pay out or that they should have at this point. So most Americans have do not have enough saved for retirement. Instead, their net worth is tied up in their homes. So in other words, their home is their retirement plan. This is the case for many people. And this is the third reason why people are so anxious about the value of their homes. 
The lack of robust safety net is also a source of anxiety for younger homeowners. So a 2019 study estimated that about 530,000 families file for bankruptcy each year as a result of medical issues and bills. So between 2013 and 2016, two-thirds of all personal bankruptcies were tied to medical issues, according to this study. So the threat of medical bankruptcy is not limited to America's poor. It is more common among middle-class Americans who are facing all sorts of surprise payments under the current system, the current healthcare system. So private healthcare is tied to one's job. So once you lose the ability to work, you often lose access to premium insurance. So as Dr. David Himmelstein puts it, unless you're Bill Gates, you're just one serious illness away from bankruptcy. For middle-class Americans, health insurance offers little protection. Most of us have policies with so many loopholes, co-payments, and deductibles that illness can put you in the poorhouse. And even the best job-based health insurance often vanishes when prolonged illness causes job loss, just when families need it most. So private health, health insurance is currently a defective product akin to an umbrella that melts in the rain. This is Dr. Himmelstein. So as a result, basically, one's savings are a necessary buffer in case of medical emergency. And a big chunk chunk of middle-class savings, as we saw, is tied into housing. Now, housing is a source of great anxiety. And Trump was trying to tap into this anxiety in his tweet. And it might prove to be effective. So the American middle class is stuck in a system that forces it to react aggressively to any proposed changes to the status quo. The introduction of new kinds of people or new kinds of housing typologies is a threat to the value of middle-class houses, which in turn is a threat to their ability to build wealth, to provide their children with with quality education, to retire with dignity, and to survive unplanned medical emergencies. So this is true in the suburbs. It is also true in denser areas within large cities, such as New York and San Francisco. So whether or not this threat is real or imagined does not matter. Most people don't want to participate in an experiment. So resisting change always seems like the safest choice. It's easy to think of real estate as a zero-sum game, especially since it has always been so for most of history. So I choose to believe that people are good, or at least not actively evil. So we all have misconceptions and biases, but most of us do not wish to harm others or to prevent them from reaching their full potential. But people respond to incentives. So the American housing market incentivizes people to act like bigots. So particularly when seen in the broader context of education, healthcare, and retirement. The system is currently constructed, construct is currently structured, puts pressure on good people to behave badly towards others. Ultimately, this leads to outcomes that are bad for society as a whole. While the American While this is an American problem, it rhymes with similar issues in other countries and offers lessons that can be applied anywhere. Technology offers a way to realign these incentives towards better outcomes, but it also presents the potential for an even darker future. A variety of innovations are undermining the incentives for bigotry. It is becoming easier for individuals, for example, to diversify their investment across multiple asset types and strategies. So trading apps like Robinhood or Wealthfront bring stock and bond investment to new audiences. AngelList and Fundrise enable upper middle class investors to diversify into venture capital and commercial real estate. Companies such as Point and Open Door enable homeowners to sell a fraction of their home or all of it very quickly. So each of these innovations carries its own risks, but they do make it easier for people to diversify their savings and park less of their net worth in a single house. Farther afield, Innovations are promising or threatening to break the link between location and education. So children can access the world's best learning material on sites and apps 
from Khan Academy, Duolingo, and Dragonbox. Companies like Primer, Outschool, and Cypher connect students with teachers and seek to empower parents who choose to homeschool their children. Homeschooling has been growing steadily over the past few years. It does not refer exclusively to parents staying at home with their kids. It can be done by pooling resources among neighbors and local study pods. COVID-19 drove hundreds of millions of families to experiment with some form of homeschooling. Most of them can't wait to send their kids back to school, but a significant minority might be willing to continue to explore this alternative path even once the virus subsides. So far, homeschooling has not proven to be a practical solution for lower-income families, but anything that breaks the current housing education complex is worth watching. Changes in the job market will have a domino effect on the school system as well. The rise of remote work will expand the housing options available for families and undermine the monopoly of specific cities and neighborhoods. This does not mean that everyone will suddenly move to the countryside, but it does mean that the consumers will have more choice and that real estate overall will become much more competitive. More broadly, the growth of the passion economy, so people's ability to earn a living by working on things that they love outside of traditional corporate structures, will make it easier for more middle-class people to live anywhere. More importantly, it would make it harder for more middle-class people to fit into the traditional profile that mortgages then mortgage providers look for in a homeowner. So like they will not have a steady job. They will not have necessarily steady income, meaning that the unholy alliance between middle-class housing, middle-class schools and middle-class mortgages will be weakened. So what replaces it might not be better, but it will be different. So innovations in telemedicine, mixed reality and, and transportation will likely contribute their share to alter the current suburban landscape. So perhaps the most exciting innovations will be in the social and cultural sphere. So people that are unleashed from incentives of the old system can create their own communities based on a new set of values. Now, the last point is the biggest promise and the biggest threat as well. Given the freedom to choose, people might gravitate towards communities that are even more exclusive and less diverse. So I hope you enjoyed this article. Uh, the text version is available on the website rethinking.re. Thank you for your time.